The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. All right. Today is going to be a fascinating show. We try to make all the shows fascinating, but we have a very unusual, super talented guest. His name is Seth Grable. Seth is a fantastic magician. I've seen him in action. And Seth, I just want to say parenthetically before we dive deeper into this, you always fool me. You can do your tricks, your illusions. Do you prefer to call them tricks, illusions? What do you prefer to call them? There's different types of things. There's tricks or there's illusions. Okay, you know, there's well, different, so a trick well, is something that you, you, you just do a quick trick that's kind of like this. This is a trick. <laughs> How are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> An illusion is usually you, it's a big box, something on stage, and it's, it's this huge apparatus, if you will. Correct. Well, I want to say you always fool me. Uh, is there a correlation, before we go to the rest of your introduction, is there a correlation between intelligence and the ability to be fooled? So to, to my understanding, some of the research that I've done is the, the more intelligent you are, the more easily you are fooled. Because uh, everyone has a different mindset and a different way they communicate the world. And smart people usually are very methodical. You know, ah. and, and, and the, the methods that they think, you know, A plus B equals C, you know, us, us illusionists, us magicians, we take out the B. So you don't even know the B. So you sort of interrupt their pattern of expectation. Yeah, kind of like, you know, any kind of medium that you, you, you ingest, like coffee, it interrupts your, your pattern. Uh, you know, another drug, any kind of drug that you take, it interrupts your pattern. I think there's a good intersection there between what I teach in sales and using pattern interrupts to overcome objections and create suggestibility. But let me continue with the introduction. You are also something (laughs) of a real estate magnet, uh, buying real estate. Can you tell us just a little bit more about that? Well, we buy real estate. So our our focus here has been in Las Vegas, and we buy value-added property. We look for kind of interesting deals to purchase. And uh, I also broker deals, so I find different uh, pieces of land, mostly commercial, all commercial really, right. uh, commercial land or retail shopping centers for. All right, so let's dive into this. About First, we're going to get into magic because it fascinates me. I'm sure everyone out there is fascinated by 
magic. And yeah. then I want to get into how you use magic and the principles of magic too. I, I know when you're getting a good deal, you have to do some negotiating there. How you apply <laughs> any of it. It's all magic. It's all magic. All right. To get all the right. deal done is magic. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about, I know this is something of a trite question, but we'll move from trite to significant. Oh, I should reveal a very important fact. The most wonderful thing about Seth is he is my nephew. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so it so, is probably the best thing about us. <laughs> so how, what first, instead of how did you get started, which is a lame-ass question, I try to teach my students and fans and whatever to ask different questions to access a different part of the mind. So not how did you get started, which is, a bullshit question, but how did you first discover you had a passion for magic? Hmm, good question. I first discovered that I had a passion with magic simply because I was in this studio apartment in San Luis Obispo, and I was bored out of my mind at college. I, w- I just didn't enjoy college. Um, and so I figured if I could kind of play with magic and, and do something to get a reaction, that made my day. So I would literally go out to random people, random, totally random people, and I would do a trick, do, do an illusion, and it would make their day. And so that fed my energy. Um, their reactions, uh, typically. You know, I would, I would walk around uh, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Oh. And, I, and uh, so it was a, it's a beautiful campus. If you've been there. I have. It's just, oh, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I dated one of the professors. <laughs> me too. Me too. Oh boy, probably the same professor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That would be crazy. But That'd be crazy. Um, and there, as I would walk, there was a rose garden. And so I would usually kind of hang out in the rose garden and random people would come, usually, usually females, and I would grab a rose behind their ears. I would go, I usually go, hey, what's that? And they go, what? And I would just grab a rose right out of thin air and give it to them. And then I would walk away. that's an interesting principle because you create some attention and then you pull the attention away which i think that would make people in my understanding of sales and psychology of creating interest and desire that makes it more desirable that makes it more interesting yeah it gives them something to think about it gives them uh, an interest to kind of dwell on and then i'm gone uh, or, you know, for example, you know, relating that to real estate, you throw out a net, cast out, kind of set, send people some deals, and then you disappear for a week. And, and sometimes they, they, they're all into it. I mean, I'm dealing with one right now. I want to buy a restaurant. I put an offer for $1.5 and the guy disappeared on me. And I'm going, what, what happened? What happened? I want, I want that deal. Uh, and he's gone. And... And now he comes back at 1.6. <laughs> so, so he's using that on me, and I see it. But, you know, I just, I just step back for a minute, and uh, I'm giving him his time. It's a very powerful principle if you think about it. And I want to get your feedback on this, is setting the frame. You're setting the frame because you're not desperate for the deal, that you're the one who has the value, and therefore they have to pursue you. Would you th- is that sort of what you're getting at? I mean, that's, that is a lot of the times a great position to be in, not always the position you can be in. Uh, it's great. To, yeah, that's 100% right. 
But, you know, it's nice to be able to be in that position if you can. Cool. Let's go back. Now, I can't, I'm not going to ask you how you do tricks because you're going to say I did them very well. <laughs> or, I'll say, a, or I'll say, can you keep a secret? Uh, I so can I. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as you develop this, this interest in magic, at some point you had to make a pretty, was it a courageous choice to say this is going to be my livelihood? I'll tell you why I say this. It's very competitive, but especially in Las Vegas, where you have people, well, you no longer have Siegfried and Roy. Which one got his throat torn yeah. out? One well, of them. Roy got mauled by a, a tiger. Right. His very favorite tiger, uh, Sasha. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the other one passed away. So they're both gone. Uh, Siegfried and Roy are gone. Um, but, but, you, but you have big names, David Copperfield. My favorites are Penn and Teller. Yeah. Uh, they, they've done it. And, they, you know, it's funny. I, I look at those guys. I, I was on the Penn & Teller show, uh, Fool Us. I saw it. I yeah. saw it. Yeah, it was a fun experience. And I've done a lot of different experiences, uh, a lot of different TV. I just it's been a blast. Uh, I got to perform on Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay. That was phenomenal. I oh my god! that. What was oh, that like? Yeah, that was really cool. You know, at first, because I thought Gordon, you know, you look at his show, he's a kind of, um, he's not nice to a lot of the chefs. But he was the exact opposite to me. I mean, and, and in real, that's a TV. That's the TV side. Of him. In reality, it's, it's just the TV side to create the drama. But in reality, he is the nicest, most genuine guy I've ever met, really. Um, and so I made a burger appear for, for Gordon. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Like yeah, it was cool. an edible burger or a prop burger? No, no, no. He, he, it was edible. Totally edible. He didn't take a bite, but he could have if he wanted it. <laughs> I, I wanted to take a bite. It looked really good. <laughs> I should have taken a bite. I don't wow. know why I didn't take a bite. But wow. you know what's funny with that with that deal? Um, so I went in at about 8 a.m. And they, they told me, okay, we're going to do a dress rehearsal. So I said, okay, great. We're going to do a dress rehearsal. I was on stage with him. I walked out these things, the, the, the doors at Hell's Kitchen, and I did the dress rehearsal. And after the dress rehearsal, it literally took 20 minutes. They were like, okay, we're done. Good job. So they use the dress rehearsal as the actual cut. Wow. Wow, yeah, wow, wow, they, wow, wow. Yeah, I, I was going, wait a minute, I want to do it again because I could do it better. But we, they said it was fine. It, was, it worked perfectly, and we moved forward. How much – I see you uh, – I don't know if this matches your own view. You're a relentlessly and restlessly creative person. Whatever – you don't rest – as my late great mom used to say, don't rest on your laurels. Where did you get this thing? My, first of all, is my understanding correct that you're always looking for the next creative thing and the top yourself? Is that correct? Yeah, always. I'm always trying to compete with myself and do the next best thing. And throughout my whole career, I've pretty much only done what I wanted to do. Um, whether it's good or bad or di- indifferent, I, I, just, I just decide, okay, I want to do this and I do it. Um, for example, on on um, Penn and Teller Fool Us, I wanted to get eaten by a flaming trans flaming a huge forty foot giant transformer I that saw, crushes wow. cars, right? <laughs> and he did inspire too. That's why he's the the flaming transformer. But um, I I I just wanted to do it, and I I got rejected to do it at NASCAR. I got rejected to do it a couple other things that that just didn't want it, didn't do it. And then finally, Penn and Teller, the producer Penn and Teller was like, yeah, we like it. We'll do it with you. 
And so um, it took about two years, actually, to get someone convinced to do it. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. That's a magic in and of itself because that kind of persistence and consistency is something that anyone who wants to develop their skills and sales and influence has to have. So let's back up and talk about that. So it took, it took two years, you say? It, it took two years to convince someone to do it. it. It took another six months to actually build the thing. Excuse me a minute. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So let's go through that process. First and foremost, when you had, the, there's two types of vision. There's the vision of creating the trick and what it would look like, but then there's the vision of I'm going to get this done. Someone's going to get me on the show. How did you match your vision with the persistence to do it? Because there's where vision and sales match. Uh, I'm sure I don't want to downplay the illusion. I saw it. It was spectacular. Thank you. Yeah, Which it was. It was scary. I'm thinking. <laughs> scary. Well, I, I'm thinking. I know Seth lived through it because I talked to you subsequently to that. So I knew you lived. Yeah. But, but behind it, the scenes, actually, things went wrong that no one knows about. That I could have actually really died. Uh, it really? wasn't. It, yeah. It was. It. I won't. I won't do that one again. Actually, that was very. Um, it was played incorrectly, and um, you know, no one knows behind the scenes what happens. It just looks good on camera. Uh, but the a piece of the car actually fell very close where I was. You know, it fell to a, a very close area where I was, and uh, it could have really hurt. But anyway, so um, persistence is pretty much my golden rule. If I want something, persistence is the only way to get it. Uh, I say persistence, and I, I coined a phrase, and I, I think actually me and you talked about this. Originally, I created a bull, uh, bulldog persistence, and then you and me – you know, you said, hey, pit bull persistence. Yes. Yeah. And so pit bull persistence is latching onto an idea and just holding on no matter what it is. If you want that thing, you, you got to get it. You got to figure out how to do it. You wake up. You think, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? I'm going to do it. Well, well, let's slow down. Let's slow down because I want to get the structure of how you do this. I'm sure the, the audience would like to know how you do it. You said you wake up in the morning, and mm-hmm. what do you do? You visualize doing well, it, and then you say something to yourself? It's, it's a lot of manifestation. It's a lot Talk of about that. Talk so about that. First, I got to come up with the concept. So it's, hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z. I want, I want to get um, eaten alive by a, a 40-foot transformer. By That's the way, the what did your wife, when you, you tell your wife about your illusions and what oh. you want to do, so what did she say? At first, she was like, Seth, that's not a good idea. Not a good idea at all. Don't do it. Um, but she's so supportive. I know, and she's no wonderfully I powerful. I love Candy. Yeah, yeah, uh, she's a fantastic yeah. woman. You got lucky oh there, dude. I'm so lucky. Yeah, she's like, uh, she's my behind-the-scenes powerhouse that just cheers me on and says, go get it. And, and uh, it's, I'm so blessed. You, all right. I gotta, uh, we'll get back to the question. But I always, when someone brings that up, do you think you could be as successful as you are without such an amazing, supportive spouse? No, not at all. A spouse that is supportive makes you it makes your drive, you know, to another level. It it changes your mindset also. You know, as a man, I'm always, you know, you're you're driven. Most men are driven by women. They're looking for a woman, and if That's you don't true. have that woman, you know, you're still looking, and that takes up a tremendous amount of time it in your brain. Does indeed. You know, and so ladies, ladies. Listen to this man. He's wise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have that He's time. Wise. I've I've X that time out. I've actually 
cut that time away because I got married and uh, I've consciously cut it out because of that. So I have a contract in my mind and with my wife that, Hey, I don't need that anymore. I, you know? And so that's it. I don't use that time. And instead of using that time for looking for a, a female counterpart, I already got that done. And now I'm just focused on other things that I have to do. I love that idea. Contract. You have a contract. That's fantastic. You had said to me, you know, uncle, getting married is a shift in the mindset, but now you're unpacking that for me. So let's get back to how you manifest and, 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 and set those goals. So you wake up in the morning. Is, is that the first thing you do before your feet hit the floor or do you have a morning ritual where you do this? Well, first, first, the first thing that I do is I write it all out. I write the whole every morning. No, no, just once I write the whole concept out. And, and, and put together pictures and imagery and kind of create a package, if you will. So in that package could be, you know, one page. It could be 20 pages. It depends on what makes, what makes sense for that thing. Usually it's longer when it's detailed out. And, and then after I do that, I, um, if I really want the goal, if I want to achieve this goal, I, every single morning, I create a mantra. So, for example, that mantra was... Uh, if I remember, it was a little while ago. So it was, hey, I'm going to be on TV and it's going to happen with a huge stunt. I'm going to create this huge stunt and it's going to be a, a phenomenal, mind-blowing stunt that people can talk about that is kind of, it was similar to back in the day, uh, old Copperfield, just huge, crazy stuff. Um, and so you, I created this thought process. Every single morning I would wake up going, how am I going to do this stunt? How am I going to do this stunt? What am I going to do to do it? And, and I just put one step forward to getting that and achieving that. Right. So, um, so you get up in the morning, you repeat this phrase to yourself over and over and over. It is a mantra that you do. Mm-hmm. And then you keep track of your progress. Well, there's baby steps. So every day I would basically try to figure out ways to get more close to that goal and uh, whether it was calling people to see whether they want to do it or it's connecting the dots and finding little pieces of the puzzle to add to the illusion Um, and I would literally scavenge so I would I would have this concept of the illusion I would find oh that's a great piece that's a great uh, I I found a refrigerator on the side of the road and that was actually, a, yeah, it was a disgusting refrigerator, but that, that actually was a piece of the prop that we used. Wow, <laughs> and, transforming and, garbage into your goal. <laughs> that's a good phrase, transforming garbage into your goal. I know. I mean, it was garbage. No one wanted this. It was on the side of the road. Me and my prop builder were driving, and he goes, that works. We could use that for one of the pieces of the illusion. We loaded it into my truck, and it was my warehouse for maybe a month until we started playing with it. But yeah, it was garbage into gold. And uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to coin that or you can yeah. coin it. We can it's both all you. It. It's all you. <laughs> and, and then, so I think you do a really good job on selling yourself that you can get it done. That's the number one sale you make. Right. And, and that's the number one sell. If, if you say it in your head and you repeat it enough in your head that you could get it done, this is a, doable thing you could do anything um but you have to say it to yourself first because you're the first line of defense so you think persistence 
do you get, uh, and again, for those of you who are listening who are in sales or any kind of negotiation, you have to have the persistence. Is this something that, that you had a model for, like one of your parents or uh, your siblings, or you just um, came up with it? That's a good question. Uh, I just have a drive in myself that I have to prove to myself. Ah. Um, and, and no one really has told me. Otherwise, <laughs> other than so my mother, she gave me an analogy. She said, Seth, you have to make yourself and I'm not. But she said, you have to make yourself feel in your mind that you're a Russian immigrant and you're hungry. Imagine coming off the boat and you got nothing. Wow. You, you literally wow. have nothing. You have just the clothes on your back. Right. What do you do? And wow. so and so I sometimes in my mind, I say, I got nothing, even though I have I have so much and I'm so blessed for everything I have. Yeah. But, but I, in my mind, I say, I, I got nothing. If I had nothing, what would I do? Wow. What a question. Uh, I hope you guys, you, you folks watching uh, and or listening need to write that down. If I had nothing, what would I do? And, yeah. and this is absolutely brilliant. I think we both have the same heritage. Our grandparents came yeah. over from the old country. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's amazing. A while ago, not, like, yeah. you know, we're four fifth. I mean, I'm sixth generation probably, you know, yeah, so, I think I'm third. Yeah. And, and, and so we do have something. However, if you could imagine, what if you imagine you just stepped off the boat and you had nothing, you came to this place of America and you go, what do I do? I gotta, I gotta survive. I gotta do something. And, um, and so I don't rest on my laurels, just like your mom said. Oh, no, I don't, you don't, I don't. And I don't want to, because What's the point? If you rest on your laurels, you just, uh, you don't, what do you accomplish? Um, you are only, I mean, I, I look at myself, I am only as good as my last thing that I did. Me too. You know? Me too. And I think there's, there's tremendous value in that mm-hmm. because it keeps you moving forward. It fires up your creativity and your drive. On the other hand, if you don't manage it right, you lose out on the appreciation of what you've done. So do you have a ritual for appreciating your wins? You know, I, I don't. And uh, sometimes I, and I think I should sometimes, but I don't because sometimes I, I just, I win, but I, but to me, it's not a win. I, I'm out and I know this sounds crazy, but it, no. it may be something people would go, Oh, you did good. But I, I don't look at the wins. I, I usually just, What's the next thing? Um, and I know that might be, it might be, you know, you should really appreciate the wins. I guess my life is appreciating the wins. I have a beautiful life. I'm you so blessed. You so do. Your family is you know? so awesome. I'm blessed. So I, I have everything I want. I go into work what I want. Um, and I, I live such an amazing life that I have to, I do appreciate the moments that I get to spend with my family. And, yeah. and uh, that's kind of something that I love. I, I took my little boy. I got a, a four-year-old boy. We went, we had a baseball game yesterday and, you know, six o'clock at night, we went and played baseball with a bunch of friends and it was really fun. Um, <laughs> really By the cool. way, can your, can your kid, do you do magic for your kids? You know, I have to start teaching them more magic. I don't because I'm so, you know, I, my, my focus right now has been a lot of development and real estate. And so all the magic that I've done, I have to figure out a way to consistently, consistently do some magic with my kids and teach them what I know. Um, and play. You know, playing is so important when you're inventing stuff. And it's literally, I mean, so when I was just solely focused on entertainment and magic, every day I would go, okay, 
here's a new trick. I'm going to, you know, what? Oh, this hat. How do I make can this you, hat? Can you do cool. one for us? <laughs> can you do one for us? I mean, how do you make a hat look fun and cool? You know? Um, yeah, I'll do one. So, oh boy. I'm so easily fooled. I love it. I well, love wonder. And wonder opens the uh, wonder is a way to do neuro plus. I think what you do creates neuroplasticity. I think states of wonder actually create neuroplasticity. All right. Yeah. Wonder is really a lot of fun. And what wonder does for the human mind and soul, it just opens it up. It really does open it up. Um, here, try this. Now it's a little tricky. Uh, doing stuff when on on the phone call right. in the zoom because then i you know usually i go oh pick a card but you're yeah. just gonna yell out a card for me any card you want or you okay one. Yell out okay one. jack of diamonds jack of diamonds okay check this out the jack of diamonds okay there it is watch jack of diamonds yeah so what we're gonna do is lose the jack of diamonds into the center of the deck about right right watch. got it now um Can we- can we all see your hands? You might want to raise it up so we can all see right, your hands. I'm going to do something called sleight of mouth. This is kind of crazy. Watch. This is sleight of mouth. Watch. Sleight of hand oh, yeah. is, is, is a normal thing. This is sleight of mouth. Hmm. Yikes. Gross. No. No. Don't don't tell me. No way. No camera. <laughs> no camera <laughs> tricks here, ladies and gentlemen. That that was the real deal. <laughs> Let's, yeah. uh, that's amazing. <laughs> How did you? Is that fun? That? You know, I'm going to start doing um, a show and and some more magic at the Sterling Club coming up. Have you been in the Sterling Club? No, I haven't. Tell the me. Sterling Club is a is part of the Turnberry Estates here in Las Vegas, and it's a very high end, really nice private club and so next time you come to vegas i will take you there and uh i'm there to do an event in, in june i'll tell you more about that off the air i'll get you in as a guest oh Where i love you, it i you, can't wait okay, you, well this is this is be a remarkable thing let's transition and and you've done a great job i only want to i know you're a very busy man i only only want a few more minutes of your time so you, at what point did you make that transition into real estate investing well, I've always been interested in it. It's always been a passion. I love doing deals. In general, I love, I love doing deals. And, and so I would, um, as being a magician, I would actually be a cold caller. This is how I got most of my work. I would call people up and say, hey, you need a magician, don't you? Or I would meet someone and, and, and randomly get a gig. Um, so I, I'm really a salesman at heart. I love selling things. And, and and I thought I was on stage one day and everyone was laughing here in Vegas. I was, everyone was laughing, having a great time. And I was on stage and I was going, wait a minute, you know what? I could, I, I kind of just want to be home with my family right now. And, uh, and that's kind of a shift in my mindset. And, and then I go, wait a minute, I could sell real estate for millions and millions of dollars. And um, magic I, I could I could do the same exact movement and the same exact things that I, I am doing with magic. What does that so, mean? You've got to unpack that for us. So so as a magician, I was doing sales. I mean, how do you get work? I didn't have a manager at the time. Um, I've had managers in the past. They've done okay. But at the end of the day, it's all on me. Um, so I created my opportunities rather than someone else create my opportunities. I would love to meet someone out there that does create opportunities. But you know, it's not, it's like a marriage. Really. 
It's really like a marriage. Um, so me making opportunities for magic, I go, wait, you know what? I could just make opportunities for something that's millions and millions of dollars, which is a solid product like real estate. And, and I, uh, my family's also in the business. Uh, we purchase shopping centers and medical office buildings. Nothing, so, big, nothing big, just little minor things. <laughs> the like, small stuff. Small um, stuff. <laughs> yeah, my, my, fam- my, my father's kind of a guru of real estate. He's, we know this. He's wrote, written a book called Wealth Creations. Actually, do I have it? I don't have it somewhere. Um, I know my brother-in-law, who fancies himself a real estate magnet, is in awe of your father. And my brother-in-law is in awe of no one but himself. So that speaks <laughs> to how good your father is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's a smart, smartest guy I know, and he's done really well. And so um, it's, it's, I love real estate. I love doing deals, really. I'm a deal junkie. Um, I love to be able to put, you know, kind of put a package together and make everything work, which I got to tell you, that's just as much magic as performing magic. I mean, it, in what sense, Seth? Well, you have to, you're, you're like a plate spinner like this, your plate spinner, you know, the, or a a juggler going one plate starts, you know, you got to go over there and spin that one. You got to go over there and spin that one. I mean, so doing a deal, for example, I've been working on a deal for two years. It just closed yesterday. Talk about persistence. (laughs) If I want something, I won't give up. I will never give up until I die and then I'll give up. But so yeah, for two years on this little 0.19 of an acre. <laughs> That's the crazy part. Um, so in Vegas, uh, I'm helping, uh, I'm assembling a whole big piece of land uh, for a large development. Can I interrupt you a second? Yeah. As your uncle, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm you. just freaking, I, look, we don't censor anything. We keep it real here. I'm so, uh, and it's not a family show. I'm so fucking proud of you. <laughs> keep you. going. Keep going. Um, I'm blessed, you know, and I feel, I just, I just do. My motto, I, I woke up and I go, I just have to do. I have to do. And I have that. It's because of that rush, that, that mentality. I'm, by the way, I'm, uh, I'm not really Russian, but <laughs> um I, I have an immigrant mentality sometimes. And so I've what, never heard that before. That is so absolutely unique. I've read so many books on mindset and manifestation, but I've never heard the immigrant mentality. That's some right? people would say that's a poverty mentality. You're getting in your own way. No, that's brilliant. That one gold nugget yeah. is, is millions. Well, think about think about the immigrants that come here that have nothing and build massive amounts of wealth. Um, I know many that literally came here with nothing from, from all over the world and they've built up massive amounts of wealth and, and done a lot of really good things. And so that's my mentality. That's the mentality that I'm really trying to press and push. Um, and it's not easy. Sometimes I get lazy. I go, ah, I'll have my latte, you know, I'll go and, you know, but I snap back and go, look, I mean, I got to work. I got to, I got to, I love, I love doing things and accomplishing goals. I guess that's my thing. How do you, well, with so much drive and so how do you re, how do you, I guess the word is recreate. How do you give yourself some room for that creativity to bubble and boil in the background? Is there anything you do? That's a good, that's a good question. I mean, so I need to do more of that. I'm, I'm guilty of not doing enough of that right now because I'm focused on real estate and, and the magic is kind of uh, slipping away. But now, so the way I do that is I get a job. So 
for example, job, I, job, like flipping burgers or no, 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 no. I get a gig, magic gig, for example. Mm-hmm. So if I want to get more creative, I just make myself get a, get work. And then I have forced to do that. So my very first magic show, I booked myself before I was ever on stage, ever did any magic. I booked myself for an hour magic show at Long Beach State. What the bleepity bleep? And you had nothing? How nothing. much, how much uh, time did you have between the booking and the, and the actual doing? Three months. I had three months. Are you joking? An hour and three months? Yeah. Were you scared? I was scared. I was nervous. I probably shouldn't have done that. Okay. So instead of feel the fear and do it anyway, it's shit your pants and do it anyway. Yeah. It's it's like you have no choice. You just cut the lifeline and you're falling at a million miles per hour and you got to figure this out. Do it or don't. It's your, it's your life. Um, And so I'll tell you, the first show was not, it didn't go according to plan. It was not good. It was a shit show. (laughs) However, I learned a lot. (laughs) That's an amazing thing, too. You have this ability to have a shit show, but you extract the learning and keep motivated. So I'm going to keep hammering on you, Seth, because you're revealing skills that are so natural to you that we need. And my discipline, NLP, says take someone who's good at something, extract out that skill, unpack it, and teach Mm -hmm. it to others. So how did you learn that skill of staying motivated and extracting maximum learning what would you say are the big piece not how did you learn it but what are the big pieces that make that possible having the shit show and extracting learning and keeping motivated fail fail quick fail hard and fail and i know that sounds crazy but you know if you're comfortable to fail then you could succeed um failure is to me not failure it's just a learning lesson um, so that Long Beach show, everything possible went wrong. I mean, I mean, everything that possibly could re- go wrong went wrong. Here's one example. I mean, when I got there, we unloaded everything in the middle of my show, in the middle of my show, one of the curtains that we set up was just falling, just, just kind of going slowly down and I'm going, Oh no, the curtain. And then, uh, as uh, my sister was my assistant, she comes out, she's wearing a French maid costume. She comes out with an illusion. And as she's coming out with the illusion, the bird case, it was a vanishing bird cage. She somehow triggered it and it just starts slowly going down. <laughs> so it's like, it, it's disappearing. Did it kill the bird? No, no, but it, it did the illusion without me trying to do the illusion. It like, it revealed the whole trick. Um, were people laughing? Oh, they were, I don't know. I, it, it was such a crazy shit show. I mean, one of my friends who remains unnamed, one of my friends, smoked weed in the green room okay he had he thought this was like the coolest time to smoke weed in the green room so here i'm doing a show and somehow the, the, the fog machine oh the fog machine my sound guy didn't know how to use it he couldn't turn it off so the fog waves out and it wouldn't stop the fog just waves out with a scent of marijuana <laughs> you're making this up no no it happened this is true this is true so the scent of marijuana mixed with pure fear I somehow, I get backstage and I'm just stunned. I, I have stage fright. I'm literally standing there like this. And for a while, it must have been 10 minutes while everyone's just waiting for something to happen on stage. I'm back there and then and my assistant, um, my other assistant's like, hey, hey, you're get back, get back on stage. Get back on stage. You're, everyone's waiting for you. And I just was, I was petrified. <laughs> um, but we got through it. Uh, it's a good learning lesson. 
No, hold on. Uh, hold on. You say it's a good learning lesson, but so many people would have said, that's it. I can't do this. How specifically? Listen to the question. How specifically, what was your process for extracting the learning from that bolus, that ball of poop? How, well, what, what did you do to I, extract I, the learning? I really analyze everything. So after the show, when it's quiet, after I got home and, and I, I analyzed what went wrong. And in reality, the, the basic thing that went wrong was I tried to do too much and try to reinvent the wheel too much when I didn't have any. Listen, 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 marketers, salespeople, reinventing the wheel too much. Yeah. So and what I learned, a very basic thing was, here's the deal. If you got this pie and you're trying to do something new, do a sliver. Don't do the whole thing. Do maybe 5%, 10% and try that before you, you don't do the 100%, you know, you don't do 75, you don't do even 25. If you change 25% of what you're doing, man, you know, you could, you could end up in a failure. You could end up not even knowing what worked or what didn't work, which is even worse than a failure, right? Is it, it, you don't know Genius. what works. So Genius. just do a little piece, do one piece. Genius, Seth, I never noticed, I didn't know this about the extent of your genius, and I'm not buttering your bread, but no. you're, you're matching creativity with being data-driven in your own way to the extent that you can be data-driven with magic. Would yeah. you say that's true? Yeah. I mean, so I do analyze a lot of the stuff, and, and I'm not a, necessarily a numbers guy, but like you said, I, I take the, I, I basically analyze it in my mind, and then I look at what, what hard facts that I can kind of defer and go, Okay, don't have a green room where your friend can smoke marijuana. <laughs> that's basic, right? Don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah, at a show that's a you know a a, a a clean campus or whatever, it's a it's a closed campus. Um, and so you know, there's there's just things that you derive from it. And, and I learned by by failing, I look at every single step that I make. I learn something. And if you can at least you know. Go forward, go forward. Don't be scared to go forward. That's one of the biggest things that I see people. They're, they're petrified to try something. Petrified to even step forward. You know what? You don't know if you can fail. You don't know what happens if you don't try. So that was the one thing that I really learned from doing that show. I just got out there. I know a lot of magicians. They just talk about getting out there. And they maybe take some pictures with people. and they Same they, with salespeople. They talk yeah. about their goals and they don't do anything. Or they do little bits and they're not consistent. And so this stems back from my very early years with uh, women, encounters with women, actually. I would, um, I, would look fine. I would be walking around and I'd meet a girl or, or see a girl that I was attracted to that I wanted to know. And I would be too shy to even say hi. And so, and then later on, I regret, I go, oh my God, what if I could have had a, a friendship or a, a relationship or dated her, but she was gone, gone, completely gone. So, so I at least want to try and, and I'll fail. I'm willing to fail, but at least I got to try. I'd rather get a rejection from someone than not try. Fantastic. Seth. This has been, I'm going to go back and watch this. This has been so <laughs> packed. I, I like this. The, yeah. um, the wonderful, ma the magic, the mindset magic of a real estate magnet magician. <laughs> I don't know what the title is. There's a lot going on here. 
<laughs> Seth, how yes. can you how can people continue to draw value from you? What is it that you would like to tell people about how they can get in touch with you, learn about your magic, your real yeah. estate? Well, you can connect with me on all the social platforms. I'm at Seth Grable. Super simple. Consistency. At how Seth do you spell Grable? It's uh, at S-E-T-H-G-R-A-B-E-L. And uh, you, you, could, you could connect with me. I love meeting and connecting with people. Uh, I'm really a people person and a relationship guy. So Definitely. reach out to me, email me, call me, whatever. I mean, a friend of, a friend of my uncle's is a friend of mine. So uh, I will. Oh, really, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really, I really try to give as much as I can. And, you do. And that's and my, you have. Yeah. And that's a focus of mine. I love teaching people what I know because, hey, someone taught me. Well, you've been a fabulous guest and an amazing teacher. You've not just you've shared the magic of keeping on going when you don't know what you're doing or what exactly it is you want to do, how to be persistent, how you set that mantra in your mind. It's it's I've learned a lot and I love that I really love some of the things. I'm gonna incorporate the whole thing of being hungry like an immigrant. What a mindset. Uh, what a mindset shift. I hope it's been for everyone watching and listening. Seth, you are effing fantastic. <laughs> Thank thanks, for be- thanks for being on the show. And we'll see you again on another episode of The Influencer's Edge. Bye. Thank you for having me. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909. 741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack at sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencers Edge Show.